G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. All right, welcome to episode one of All Talk on 1170 SEN. My name is Tom, co-host Eddie. We are from the Hello Sport podcast. Very privileged to be here with you all on our debut episode. Now, joining us today for episode number one is the great James Graham. Now, James is a legend of the English Super League playing for St. Helens. He also came over to the NRL playing for the Bulldogs where he played in two grand finals. He also played for the Dragons before then heading back over to the Super League to round out his career with St. Helens. Represented his country at the highest level. Now turned media darling. You can hear him on Fox League, Triple M NRL and his brand new podcast, The Buy Round. James Graham, welcome to All Talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm flattered. A media darling. Did you ever think you'd be called a media darling? No. Which you are? No. Yeah. Is that you know, where, where's that sit on the list of career achievements? Media darling. Well, I think it needs some verification. <laughs> um, We're lucky you're in the presence of mm, verifiers. And yeah, yeah. Well, I th- mate, as well. Like when I, when I first started out, I was a, I was a bit anti-media, and I was scared of doing interviews and stuff. So I've come a long way. My word, you I, have. I've come a long way. I, I do want to get to your media career in a moment, but I guess we would like to. I guess just start from the start a little bit with sort of, you know, the James Graham story. I was born in Liverpool, England, where there's no rugby league. I'm one of seven kids, so... Oh. Yeah, it was a busy household growing up. What's the sibling break? So we got three, three older brothers, then there's me, and then my three younger sisters. Interesting. So you often find with, like, successful athletes, at least, I'm sure probably generalising again, but, like, the youngest... If you've got, like, heaps of older brothers... You're like almost, they harden you. They make you like the toughest one because they just f*** with you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the closest age range as well was uh, six years. So they're all a lot older than me. I'd like beg to go and play football or soccer with them. Mm. I, I grew up pretty quick, you know, playing against older players, just jumpers for goalposts so, sort of things. And yeah, it, it was good. like I'd, re- I'd be wrestling with them all the time. Yeah. But I didn't. Yeah, it took me a lot to, to get one over on them, but eventually I did eventually from, from did. Pr- quite a young age. So You started to get it over your older brothers? Uh, the, the closest one to me, yeah. I used to tap, make him tap a few times. And oh. One of the most satisfying moments in yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. when I knew, I, could, I knew how to get him. Because I was, I, I was probably like 9, 10, and he would have been like 15, 16. And I, yeah, oh, we you're had taking some, down we, a 15-year-old at yeah, 9 years old. At 9. Yeah, 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 we, I, we had you, some. But th- to be fair, like he, he, he was probably going soft on me. But just he he, he gave me an You're inch. Being he you took he gave out. me an inch and I, and I took it. And oh, we'd have all sorts of all sorts of fights over everything. everything. We used to have a Commodore sixty four. Broke the space bar on that through some illegal play for me brother Danny. I well, was mate, not impressed. You had to do what you had to do, right? I did. Yeah. So did any of them mate? Have any of them have any professional sporting careers? Or are you the only one? No, no, I'm the only one. Wow, no, I'm the only one. So how do you go from living in Liverpool, which obviously would be football mad soccer mad how do you become the rugby league player yeah well my old long story short my old man was from uh cumbria a place called maryport Um he met my mum they moved in it she's from liverpool um and he'd always been a rugby league fan it was and he'd go to the challenge Cup final every single year he go he on his way down with my granddad he went into a shop to get some supplies as now i know means 
beer. So mm-hmm. he's going, getting on a coach, on a bus to go down to Wembley. In the shop, there's a little note saying, St. Helens Crusaders under sevens need players. Call this number. So he jots the number down. Comes home the next day. He's like, how do you feel about playing rugby? And I was I was this close to joining like a football or soccer team. And I'm like, rugby, dad, I don't know. Like, I didn't really know what it was. So, so you didn't even know what it was. I'd, I'd like. seen it, but I couldn't differentiate between league and union. Like, right. I, I couldn't tell you that. I don't know. I was just, oh, I don't know. So he, he went and bought a rugby ball, took me over to the park and started putting like high kicks up for me for some bizarre reason. With <laughs> two like, seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skill you <laughs> like, like, He wasn't putting Matt Burton bombs up, like, but he was just, you yeah. know, getting a feel for I was getting a feel for it. I was like, oh, go on then. I'll go down on the Wednesday night and uh, we played the game. I just fell in love. Yeah. And the rest. Did is, you dominate? Like, were you good straight away? Uh, I think I was okay. That they, they were keen to have me back. But my, my, my memory from this, and it goes back to the conversation about my brother. So when I was playing football with them, we used to play a game. I was obviously the youngest there by a long time. Jumpers for goalposts, person starting goal. You've got to score five headers and five volleys against this goalkeeper. The only way the goalkeeper can get out is if they catch the ball on the full while someone's taking a shot. And then whoever hit the ball, they become the goalkeeper. But if you manage to score five headers and five volleys, this game was called Tunnel. And if you scored the five headers and five volleys, you'd have to run through the Tunnel of Death. Oh, so we'd all line up, and this goalkeeper, after conceding five pens and five volleys, he had to run through us, and you could kick him. <laughs> like you could, so I, I, I had to run the... Well, it's like running the gauntlet. Anyway, at the end of this first game I've ever played, like, I'm already like... My mind's just spinning... Like, I've introduced to this sport all the things I was told I can't do at home, I was allowed to do <laughs> on this rugby, on this field. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's a bit crazy. At the end of the game, they go, right, lads, just make a tunnel for the opposition. And I can remember standing in this tunnel, just going, oh, are we going to... This is... Oh, oh, and then they're just clapping. Them for I'm like, oh... Oh right, okay. oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. And then we're walking through, like, like hands out, like, oh yeah, yeah. Cheers. So, yeah, my introduction was love at first scrum. I guess that's funny. That's the leggy in you, mate. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? When you get different type of tunnel, there, <laughs> different type of tunnel. <laughs> going to clap them off and yeah. putting the boot in instead. You are listening to All Talk here with Hello Sport, coming to you on SEN 1170, and we are talking to the great James Graham. And not to take a turn to negative town, <laughs> but I'm about to. How many grand finals did you lose before? Because I know you won one like at the end. I know there was the yarn around you losing grand finals before you came to the NRL. But then doing some research, it was like you won one off the bench. And I was like, I thought you never won any until you... No, we... we uh, well, when I was playing for St. Helens, we, we won the grand final in 2006. And you were playing? And I was playing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That makes the me play, feel better. Yeah. I was like, this poor bastard. No, so then we, we lost 07, 8, 9, 10, <laughs> 11, oh 12, and 14. <laughs> and then yeah. won one in 2020. 20? But... Yeah. I don't know, but but obviously as well, during that time at St. Helens, we won a couple of Challenge Cups, which is a... Can you explain a, the difference there for people that don't understand? Oh, right. The so the Challenge Cup is a, a, a knockout competition, mm. but it's it's got credibility. It's not just some... Because I think the AFL tried to bring something not too dissimilar. <laughs> they had a pre-season comp. Yeah, but this is in-season. There's a lot of prestige, a lot of history around it. Like, there is value to it. You play the final at Wembley Stadium in front mm. of, like, 80,000 people. So yep. it's not just some tokenistic... Cup. It's like yeah. the FA Cup equivalent. Exactly, yeah. like the FA Cup. So any, like all the local amateurs teams enter the, 
the, the beginning round. So so amateurs can be playing like full blown St. Helens. If they get through, yeah. If they get through. Holy hell. I think it has happened actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, where they've gone on a bit of a run, beat a division one team and then they get the draw against one of the big dogs. Far out. Jesus Christ. How was that two thousand six grand final? How old were you then? You uh, would have been quite I think young. I was I just turned twenty. Okay. Yeah, I just turned twenty. And to be honest, I kind of just we had an amazing year that year. We we won we won the Challenge Cup. We le- league top of the league grand final, and then the following season as well, we we beat the Brisbane Broncos in the in World the, Cup Challenge yeah. in two thousand seven. You kind of just thinking, and then we won the Challenge Cup that year as well. And you're just thinking, well, it's going to we'll, cruise. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you at Old Trafford, and yeah. we'll be lifting it up again. And how many yeah. so how many straight years after oh six you so you lost a seven eight nine ten eleven. And then you obviously came in and lost 12 with Bulldogs and 14 Bulldogs. What's that experience like? Because obviously you're in a successful side, right? So it's not like you're the Tigers who just do sh**, no disrespect. But like you're in a successful team, really good, but you're just like, you just cannot seem to get over the line. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating looking back. Like mm. it, it's, it never leaves, yeah. Like it, it is frustrating looking back. There's one of those games in particular. Just, I was going to ask: Is there one where it's like? Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. The, it was the last one. It was the 2011 one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you just go like we we just shouldn't have lost. We we lost like th- three outside backs in the last 20 minutes and uh, then just capitulated. Who are you playing? Leeds. And oh, in in those grand finals as well that we lost at St Helens. Uh, okay. Four were to Leeds. Right. And, and you are trials. trials. We, there was a big rivalry between yeah. between us. Yeah, we're not not local rivals, but that we were the two, two best teams, teams at the time. Yeah. And yeah, like a Melbourne Manly thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Manly I, Seagulls fan. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then one of them was against our arch rivals, Wigan, coached by Michael Maguire at the time. That that was pretty tough to take, but but yeah, they they were an amazing side at the time. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. This week, our guest is rugby league legend, James Graham. You're playing at St. Helens. You're losing these grand finals, unfortunately. But when, when does your focus start to shift to the NRL? Was it always on your horizon or was it something that, you know, a scout came over or, or a player manager came over and approached you? How did that all unfold? So what happened, I, I, when I was growing up in England, I'd never really been on, I don't think I'd ever been on a plane before. Drive to France for family holidays, but then I got picked in this representative team for under 15s to come and play over here. We had like a tour in New Zealand and Australia. And I remember coming to Australia, we, we would have been somewhere in Queensland because I remember them being like these sort of like man made canals and just being, whoa, this is so. And it was, it was, it would have been winter over here because we came in like July or August and just being like, wow. And my obsession level for NRL then was, was through the roof. Like went home. I had bought like so much gear. Like went home with just, a, yeah, <laughs> just the, merch. Uh, who was the team then? Like the NRL just team. everyone. Yeah, right. I, I just, just loved it. I, yeah, just loved it. I think I had a Dragons jersey because I, I uh, loved Mundine and Blacklock. Yeah. Uh, Great I selections. I had a Param- Parramatta one, a New South Wales one. So you're uh, a Blues fan at least. What else? I, I think I had some. Yeah, US. a couple. Yeah, I, I can't remember. So no, exactly. nothing, nothing from the Seagulls. No, no from, I was waiting for you to yeah, say. Yeah, sorry, lad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, basically, I remember thinking then, like, oh, if the opportunity ever comes to, or if you dare to dream about your career, and you mm. go, well, yeah, forget the opportunity to play in the NRL, I'm going to take it. So, started my career at St Helens. Things were going well. It was coming up to like contract time. Yeah, I'd, I'd, sorry, I'd resigned, and then I always thought, right at the end of this, I'm going to go. 
oh, I'm going to go. But they'd sign me. To, that would have been nine. Se- that would that was my ninth season at St Helens. One more season, you get a testimonial. You do ten years. Mm. I was like, would have been handy. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going. So how old are you at that stage? I think I was 25 or just about to turn 20. So oh yeah, I was 25. So we came out here on a Four Nations tour at the end of 2010. Um, I'd already met. Um, my agent or manager, Dave Riolo, before that, I had a personal relationship with him through one of the players at St. Helens. And he's like, oh, look, I'll believe you coming over. I'll look after you, go for a few clubs. Um, so I did after the, after that tour had finished. And oh, and then I went back went back home and you had some, yeah, basically the, the Bulldogs were, were in pretty, key, like they, they were the, the keenest. Mm. I'd have some, some really good conversations with Todd Greenberg, the CEO at the time. This would have been pre-Des announcing yeah, yeah. he was leaving. Hey, yeah. did you know were they like no, his? Mate, I had zero idea. So I signed under Kevin Moore. Uh, like it's signed, sealed, delivered. Mm. I, I did have some like medical stuff they needed to like check out, but it was all it was all it was all done. Yeah, I'd done. I'm watching from over there, like watching like every bulldog game pretty much. Yeah, Kevin Moore gets sacked. I'm like, okay, yeah, this right. is the coach this who I and we'd <laughs> had we'd had a bit of interaction, but not a he he's gone. I'm like, oh what? <laughs> Okay, okay. Stay positive, stay positive. Are you on the so phone to your blow over to your agent going, hey, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I, th- I think I was like, oh, who's going to be the coach? And, you know, I'm like looking up like NRL news, like Google searching that all the time, like looking at the Telegraph website, like trying to find, you know, and there's all these mm. rumours, who's going to be, like, you, you know, like the speculation is now. There's also, and actually at the time, um, Daniel Anderson, who had me at St. Helens, was, was in the line for the job. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. Mm. Like, loved the gaffer. He was he was he was so good for me in yep. those impressionable years. He did like I owe a lot to Daniel Anderson. He was he was amazing. So I was like, oh, I, I hope Daniel gets it. Like that'd be amazing. Like you know he knows who I am. Like he he was great for me. It'd be great again. But then oh, I think I watched that that grand final and then bang the, the news is coming out. And like people are asking me, did you know? I'm like, <laughs> were you happy saying that? Like you, it was Des Hazler at that point. Like yeah. I was like, oh, this has kind of turned out for the best here. It, it, it was. I was. I was made up. I was like, oh, that that's great. We got the, the grand final winning coach. Yeah. Like he's, he obviously knows what he's doing. I um, it was a tough time for us, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, that was a, yeah. it was a really tough time. Sort of Josh, Josh Perry was at St Helens as well, and he was like, mate, you're gonna love him. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'll yeah. take your word for it. So yeah. But there was no things were like radio silent. Like there was not, there wasn't much communication. Um, to be fair as well, like I had a uh, England were playing at the end of the season, so I was trying to concentrate on that. And um, yeah, flew over here and yeah, met 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 Des. He's an interesting character. Very, very interesting character. Very. And then you come straight out and you're in a grand final straight away. Like, was it a? You obviously hadn't spent a whole lot of time in Australia though. So like, what was it like? Did it take some getting used to, or it's or was it a? Relatively easy transition. Oh no! Did you have a family with you or anything? Uh, you- no, my, my my partner came with me. She was she was really good for me. Mm. Um, I'd only ever really lived quite close to my mum and dad, so I, I'd be the kid that would like you know rock up with mum and dad. Hi, great to see you. Can you just do that washing for me? Please, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So it really taught me that, like I had to grow up and, and pretty quick. And yeah, just the, the subtle differences. Um, yeah, geez, I went through some sunscreen. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you, I mean, I'm shocked that your manager hasn't cut you some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, and I was, like. I was pushing for that, but yeah, I, geez, that that took some adjusting. Yeah, for, just for the, the heat generally, just the is, heat in. Yeah, and, and and he, oh, like I'd never trained with sun cream on before. Oh yeah, never. that first preseason must yeah, have been yeah, hell on earth. First preseason, <laughs> my was. god, and, and obviously as well, it's got, the Bulldogs are known for training hard. 
Mm. I think Dez took it to another level. Right, yeah. It was good in a way, though, because everyone was everyone was suffering. Mm. So it was mutual suffering together. It wasn't just like, oh, this is the standard practice. It was like, oh, no, every, this is and everyone bad. was on edge. I remember thinking, like, this is way ahead of what I'd done at St. Helens, just because over there as well, the, the seasons are so long, the pre-seasons are so short, mm. and it's cold. A lot of the time, pitches are frozen over. So don't get me wrong, they train hard, but they just don't get to do it for the length of time. Yeah, I just remember thinking, like, this is going on forever. Yeah. What are they, about then, four months pre-seasons? Well, start, I started just, came here in early December, was going in for a few weight sessions, like meet the lads, I think we went on a trip to Kayama, but no running. And then, yeah, it was like January, February, played trial in March, like eight-week block. But mm. that for me is like, that was just, that was more than double I'd ever done before because in previous years at St. Helens, I'd, we'd start back in January and you're p- playing a trial in week two of January. You, so like, you come back in January playing a trial a, a week later? Two weeks later, Two weeks yeah. later. And then the first game of the season, start the first week in Feb. So really, pre-season, it's just... You know, you, you, it's, it's, on, it's on you to be ready for preseason. So we go away with the internationals, finish that, have a break, but train in the break, and then yeah, start back in January. Basically, two three weeks, play a trial, week off, ready to play. Right. Away What's the go. better? I mean, I assume in, in terms of like not just obviously the experience is way worse doing an NRL preseason, but like is there a, is there a happy medium between the two, or do you think that the NRL approach is a better approach? <laughs> uh, it, it's it's. It's hard to say. I, I think probably a happy medium. Yeah. Um, some of those lads that start the 1st of November, <laughs> that's that's a that's, long, that's like long November, start. December, January. Yeah. It, I, if, you, if you go to a club where they, like, the, the train is really intense and, and, and up-tempo, yeah. that for me would just be hell. No. Well, you're, I assume you're also trying to make a good impression. Oh, absolutely. So it's yeah, like you're yeah. also going as hard as you possibly yeah. can to... Yeah, I, 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 I was, I was trying to like, you know, I, it, well, everyone was trying to impress. Yeah. But even more so if you're coming from yeah, the Super yeah, League and yeah. there's... So yeah, there was obviously a bit of, I guess, a bit of stigma around yeah. it. English, Super League, you know, uh, not quite sure. Yeah. And yeah, the, this new this new coach is in, which who's, yeah, everyone's trying to impress. That almost makes it a little better, doesn't it, for you? In that it, it, everyone's it, yeah, trying looking, to get impressed the new coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking to the great James Graham on All Talk with Hello Sport. We're Tom and Eddie. So... Bulldogs for five years, I think, off the top of the head. Six, maybe? Yeah, five or six, yeah. And then on to St. George Dragons. How how did that decision come to come to be? Was it was it a difficult one to make or just a, another step in the journey? No, look, at the, at the time, it, the, the dogs were under a tremendous amount of salary cap pressure and it was suggested to me I needed to go. Okay. Interesting. Um, I don't know how much you would like want to get into that sort of a – but like – being there five years, two grand finals, you know, all the things. captain as well. Captain. How does that play out? Like, without naming who it is, but, like, are they just – they suggest that you should go, which basically means if you don't, we're going to get rid of it. No, because legally, like, I guess – like, fundamentally, I could have stayed. I was was contracted to stay for another year, but um, the Bulldogs, we were going to miss the finals for the first time since my time there. I was pretty determined to want to be a part of the solution. Mm. And then – yeah, like I say, it was probably suggested to me like it was more we need you to go rather than we'd like you to go ba- based on the, the salary cap. Can uh, you say who makes that suggestion or you prefer uh, not to out them? No, no. well, no, I, I'd, I'd prefer yeah, not yeah, to. That's fine. That's um, fine. But it, like, they, like, basically it was like, look, we, we're, we're way over the cap for next year. So. How does it – are you like, <laughs> okay, how the f*** that happened? 
Like, well, Eli, when well, probably you is to like kind of be like, well, that's not my problem. Yeah. But then I thought about it and was like, well, yeah, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's time for a change. But I think it's important that I never went seeking a change. Yeah. Maybe in, in hindsight I needed one and it did me a lot of good. Yeah, I was I was pretty good to, to to be leaving. Yeah, and yeah, but but again, I, like I understood it. I took it like a man, and like I was I was very upset when I was like I, I remember that the the final game and like announcing it to my teammates. I was waterworks. Mm. Like I was I was gutted. I can still I can still remember being in that changing room. And yes, they said like, "Oh, James has got a, a few words," and I I think most people knew it was coming, but I don't know if they just thought, "Oh, it's the last game of the season." He's just gonna thank everyone, but. It's, it's crazy. Like I say this all the time. Like the, it's a made up game with made up rules, but <laughs> it makes grown men cry. Yeah. It's so it's so bizarre. Because even now, like looking back, like why would you why would you get overly emotional over that? You just you're still saying everyone. It's just you just moving yeah, around yeah, the organization. Just, but, it does, on, though, right? yeah, it but it does. But it does. It, 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 I was yeah. I was waterworks in in that in that changing room at the end of the game. So obviously you're parting ways with the dogs. Is there a bunch of clubs lining up to sign you? How did that sort of work? You know, so there was a, a couple of options there. Met with um, Paul McGregor, who was I, I loved meeting him. Mm. Like he really, he was the one that that sold the club and the vision to me. Um, how does how does that go? Like, is this is this? Do you go out for dinner or lunch? Do you go in for a meeting? Like, how is the vision sold? We've well, talked in the past about. Maybe uh, coaches use PowerPoint presentations. Is there anything like that? Like was there star wipes, star wipes and stuff? Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, I I was very conscious of I didn't want to be seen with them by the media. By, yeah. by anyone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I didn't the, want the grainy I, Nokia yeah. thirty yeah, three fifteen. Yeah. I, I was I was very conscious of that. So I was like, you can come over to my house. Like come come over here because the yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything. And obviously there's already rumors. Uh, rumors out there but it's like look I'd appreciate if you guys don't and I get why clubs do that with the, oh, let's meet somewhere they'll get someone to snap a photo it's positive PR for them shows their fans and members that they're trying to trying to trying to acquire some talented players so you reckon that's all clubs when you see a grainy footage of Reed potentially Marty, like in a Chinese restaurant and you're like I love it I love it, and I love how it's always on like a Nokia thirty three fifteen. Yeah, they always like know. it's it's the equivalent of when someone thinks I've seen a big cat in the Blue Mountains. Like, yeah, does yeah. the panther live in the Blue <laughs> yeah. Mountains? Like, yeah. well, I'd yeah. love it. Or a Yeti or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I yeah. So th- th- they came over. Do you put the kettle on? How does that? I, th- I would have offered them a cup of tea, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, Liverpool charm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. But so, like, are you talking about what the roster looks like, the type of footy you're going to play, how you're going to fit yeah, in, is that sort yeah, of chat? All, all those sorts of questions, like, you know, are we are we making any other signings? Yeah, what, what, where do you see me fitting in? Is there anything uncomfortable about those conversations? Where, like, oh. you kind of got a – obviously, you got a manager who's selling you as well, but, like, you know, it's, it's almost like when a friend goes, like, oh, yeah, you want to come to the pub? And it's like, well, who else is going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it is. It is very awkward. <clears throat> it, it's, it is so awkward. Yeah, and I think as well, like they, I actually didn't sign until that week. The Dragons, if they won, they were going into the semis. Ah, but if they lost, and they think the Cowboys won, they would get the jump on them. So we were playing them that week, and we were playing for nothing. But and they, you just trying to focus on that, and yeah, it was. It was. Did bizarre. you? Did they win? No, Bulldogs beat them. <laughs> <laughs> and did they miss the eight? Yeah, well, yeah, that, was, that was the year. Remember the Cowboys? I think they were flying back from New Zealand, and it was like, oh, when they right. landed, and they yeah, were, yeah, they, 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 they found out the dragon, oh, they found yeah, out the dragon, yeah, right, right, right. and they were in the final, <laughs> and they went on to make the the, 
the that GF. Was the, oh, so that was the was that 2017? Is that yeah, when yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, uh, that's right. Wow, yeah. that was a run, wasn't it? Yeah, they like, had like a sort of mismatch side, didn't they? There was heaps of injuries. First one was out. First one was, so was out. Yeah, Michael should, Morgan. They, if if the Dragons beat the Bulldogs, which they should have done, <laughs> then Cows don't make the final. Yeah. yeah, they made yeah. the grand final from eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Without Thurston. Without JT. Crazy. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEM. This week, our guest is rugby league legend, James Graham. You left Dragons and had like a 12-game stint with St. Helens? Yeah. How'd that come about? Well, that was the, the 2020 season. Um, obviously, the, the COVID shutdown. My, my, my time with the Dragons, 2018, went really well. I thought we should have won the comp. I thought we were the best team oh, in the competition. Really? Uh, we lose Gareth Widder, Paul Vaughan. Uh, and then we lose to Souths by a point, and we lost Tyreek Sims in that game as well. But I thought if we were fully fit, I thought we could have gone on to win it. Lots of things that happened that year that just the stars just didn't align, and it is what it is. And you got to you got to move on. Nineteen was poor. I was really confident going into twenty twenty. Start of the season, we lose two. Season shuts down for COVID. First two games after the season starts, obviously super excited. We lose the first two, and I'm like, oh, what? Well, I, 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 we, I think we lost to the Bulldogs and like my head had gone like gone mm. I remember poor old Tyson Brazil was like I was in the car with him and I was just like man I'm f- I'm f- I think I'm done I think I'm really? done like I'll be alright like just was know. it the, the confluence of everything COVID losing well I, I knew I was coming to the end mm. like I wasn't sure if I was going to play again I was pretty conscious of the impact my, the career the amount of games, the amount of collisions mm. I'd had on me as a person and like my future health outcomes. And ultimately I decided that I'd put a line through the cause of the Dragons in 2020. Yeah, I didn't believe we could win the competition, which is what I was planning to do. This was the last year. I was like, what, what's the point of me continuing on for us not to have an opportunity to, mm. to win the grand final? Mm. So I was like, I might as well just cut shut now rather than you know, risking ri- further. risk further damage or like, and, and also risk embarrassing myself because if I don't care, like I'm a passionate, caring guy, like I love the game. If I'm not committed to the cause, then what's the point? Like mm. they don't need, they don't want me out there. It's better to give some young lad a chance. Mm. I'm not prepared to risk it. So I actually, I called one of my best mates from back home, Paul Wellens, who was a former teammate of mine. And he, I said, I think I'm done. He's like, what, for next season? Like, at the end of the season, I was like, no, now. And and actually, St. Helens was speaking to me about 2021. And he was like, you sure, mate? Because I was like, mate, I can't wait that long. I was like, I, 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 I am done. And he goes, well, actually, you know, there's a spot here. And I was like, what do you mean? Because Luke Thompson is at the Bulldogs now. I knew he'd sign for the Bulldogs in 2021. But he was, he was leaving to come to the Bulldogs halfway through that season. Right. So he informed me of that because it wasn't public knowledge yet. And I was like, oh, he's like, would you come for the rest of 2020? Well, yeah. Like, okay. So then obviously I had to talk it through with the family. Um, we had COVID going on. I had to get permission off the club to leave. And it and it finally got sorted out. But it wasn't it wasn't all smooth sailing. Like traveling across the world at, during the, best COVID, ta- yeah. at the best of times yeah. is difficult. Yeah. But traveling during COVID was like insane and quarantines there and all that no we didn't have to quarantine there we quarantined when we came back 
<laughs> for two weeks in the hotel. But kids, you got kids? Yeah, you got two girls. That, like one of the great. Oh. I got two girls. Is that one of the great shit shows of all time? Being uh, children, it, or is it, it not it, too bad? It, it was. It had a t- Yeah, it was, it was a tough. It was a tough carry. It was a tough. That was yeah. a, That was like. Is that the toughest know, carry of your career? Yeah, that's <laughs> like you know the wingers just sneaked out the in goal like you know the old I've dove over oh, and then yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the only one back there. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> two weeks and two and you do it for two weeks. You're listening to All Talk with Tom and Eddie here from the Hello Sport podcast courtesy of SEN 1170 talking to the great James Graham. So in the same season you've you've left the Dragons you've headed back over to St Helens and you've won the comp in your final year of rugby league like what is that like? Yeah I guess like that that celebration it was just like it meant it meant so much to me it was probably like the most important day of my life and um, to finish that way like I'm at a crossroad I either finish as a, a grand final winner or a grand final loser so for mm. me yeah probably the most important day of my life and not many players get that to go out yeah, as, the, as a it, winner it, and, and obviously that all the crap I've been through before with losing them it was yeah it um it, ne- it, ne- it never made off for them but it, but it certainly um it, it, it meant a lot to me and then just leaving the field I was like right okay I guess this is the the last time and it was again bizarre no crowd yeah like really strange feeling mm. but you know again it was really cool to just share those moments with those group of men and not you know yeah I would have loved for my family to be there and have the boys family there and celebrate with the fans but there was something special about it just being us mm. Mm. it was it, it, it was pretty cool and like yeah, I remember just being like, I want to be the last person to leave this field. It was it was in Hull again, which was different. Normally, Old Trafford. And I'm just like looking around, just being like, oh, like this is it. Like we're done. Have you tip, ever had any? Tip your hat and and then you. off you go. Off you go. Did you ever have a thought about what you wanted to do after your career, or were you just sort of like, were you considering that in the moment, or were you just like reflecting? Well, so uh, you know what you talk about Mad Mondays. So we're in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully no one from the British government is listening to this. So we just... <laughs> we do have our reaches far Yeah, far so wide. so for anyone that's concerned, we just had a drink in the sheds yeah. and then got on the bus. You went home. And we went home. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But we come out of lockdown on the Wednesday, right? <laughs> Coming out of lockdown on the Wednesday. England had some bizarre rules about what you could do coming out of lockdown. So you could go to a pub, but with only members of your household you could only go to the pub with members of your household now but if someone else happened to be there that you knew what are you doing here <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so Wednesday come out of lockdown we had a presentation night on the Wednesday we're going to go for some drinks before yeah we got it but how are we going to do it we're not, we're not allowed to be in the pub together and I knew this guy that uh, a landlord at pub so I called him up and I said we can't all come can we he's like well not as a group no oh and here's another rule You've got to eat. You've got to be. You can't just go to the pub to drink. You've got to have a substantial meal. Now, no one really knew what a substantial meal was. So, well, the government, despite the fact that they They clearly weren't adhering to them, uh, (laughs) do as we say, not as we do. (laughs) Um, But what what counted as a a substantial meal? So you couldn't just go and get on the piss. You had to eat food, but you could have a meal and then just continue on. They take your food and Mm. away you go. So I said, like, is there a chance we could get? 28 tables for one in the restaurant. <laughs> it's like, yeah, book us in Wednesday afternoon, 28 <laughs> tables for one. <laughs> so we did. So we were sat, not next to each other, but like o- opposite. Just, like, 
all socially distanced and and like i remember a few of us we were like lads listen no one is filming this lads yeah we are on our best behavior this guy's put his neck on the line here and mm. you get fined like reading the right act especially especially to the young after about three pints <laughs> it's like the away end in there we're all like yeah like dancing <laughs> on tables like jumping up and down carrying oh, on oh, singing yeah. songs and it's like all oh, the families out there having, a, <laughs> having some food but like they, they were all great they were like they didn't Whatever, care and then yeah. actually we would like get a bit messy and everyone's scattered around and then it's like police are here so we were like sat back down in the chairs like okay no 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 oh, I've already eaten off yeah, yeah. sorry um, where's your shoes yeah <laughs> so in your yeah, shirt. That, that yeah. was that was um that's cool that was that was really cool to to celebrate like that and just the circumstances you know you if you want it enough give it what, what's that saying if you give anyone a, a why you'll find the how Right? Is that is that what it is? Or have I got that? I've wrong? heard that, but I, I don't know it well yeah, enough to no, repeat no, no, it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't if, be able. If to any man has a, a big enough reason why they'll f- they'll find, find the how, they'll find the how. It's like one of those. To... It's one of those. Um, so we had looked at other options. So one of the, the other ways you could congregate as a um, l- congregate legally was an official organised protest. <laughs> so we had looked at lodging a. Uh, I don't know what we're going to protest against, but that was actually that's a, a, that, that is a, so dribbly. Yeah, if you ever lodged a protest, so you get <laughs> on the there was piece. another one where a couple of lads, this is genius. So, all the bars and pubs were shut. They booked a flight from like London Airport to Birmingham, got in to the airport. The, ho- the airport bar was open, and they were just knocking back the beers in the bar. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, there's this ingenuity out yeah. there that's being wasted. I know, like, right? These top minds should be. <laughs> They put should, to like, good use. Yeah, they well, should, they should be running the country. These I great just, minds, like, you know, like if you can find that way, if you can wiggle your way through it, yeah. like mm. find the find the, the loopholes loopholes. and get get through them. That's I'm brilliant. all about that. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEM. This week, our guest is rugby league legend James Graham. Now you're an NRL 360 panellist, media dying, obviously. And I think I mentioned off the top, but I didn't. You've obviously got your podcast, The Buy Around, which we will get to in a second. But I just wanted to sort of – I wanted to try and get an understanding from you of now that you sit on the other side of the equation. Fence. The fence. <laughs> how does – how do you sort of uh, – how do you see – how has your view changed? Yeah, look, I guess probably the level of importance of the media in the game – I guess I've always viewed it coming over here as, you know, back home, rugby league doesn't get a mention in the papers. Very seldom. Like, it's usually a, a negative story that will dominate. Or even if it's a big game, you've got to go past all the other sports to get to it, even in the north of England. So coming here, it was a, a pleasant, not a surprise, but it was, it, I actually liked the fact that the number one story on Fox Sports News was based on rugby league. You know, the, all the other networks, the sports section would turn to rugby league. You get the newspaper here in Sydney, it's all dominated rugby league. So for me, I think that's, that's where our sport belongs. In terms of like doing 360, I, I've been doing that for quite a while. Um, having media at training, that was another big shock when I came over. I'd never ex- really experienced that before. Mm. Only for like big games, it's just like a normal week. It's like, what's going on here? Like, why are people, why are people bothered? Like, we're just there to play a game. So I sort of adopted a bit of a healthier attitude towards it, accepted it. Um, are they perfect? No, but no, like no one is. I think, I think now my, my like my role within the, the media, I guess I, I, I like the challenge of thinking through um, ideas for the game. 
Yeah, I well, guess. That was going to be one of my questions because I, I feel like there are lots of uh, current players, former players, pundits who, you know, are paid to give their opinion. And again, not to sit here and blow smoke up your ass, but when I hear you on NRL 360, I feel like I will often come away from hearing you say something you're like, oh, I hadn't actually thought about it like that. Or you'll just provide some bit of insight that I haven't heard anywhere else. And I was interested to know how much time you spend actually like you know, sort of excavating the thoughts you have or the opinions you have and going like, oh, well, if I look at it from that angle, what about from this angle? Or like, how do you spend a lot of time doing that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, and, I, I, and I like to think about things um, and ideas and stuff and, mm. yeah, not just jump to conclusions. I like to, yeah, consider consider what I'm saying and plan about what I'm going to say. Obviously, you've got to be ready for like something dropping or being, you know, blindsided by something. Mm. But, um, yeah, I do, I do like to... To think about it, and you know, I, I care about the game. Everything I ever say is is only because the point of view I'm coming from is is a point of care. I, I don't particularly in, enjoy it when you know players are players are under pressure because I get it, and clubs are under pressure. But it's just it's just part of the dance. I think you've just got to accept it. Uh, a lot of players get angry about the media, but we look at where the money comes f- for our game. I enjoy. Well, I'm sure you speak to every player; they enjoy getting paid. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. you know, and without the media, I don't. You can't have your cake and eat it. So, you listen to all talk at the moment with Tom and Eddie from Hello Sport and the great and powerful James Graham coming to you courtesy of Sen Eleven Seventy. Now, James, what's what's the future look like for you? you you've obviously got the podcast, the Byron. You, you're doing the stuff with Fox. What what are your intentions moving forward? Do you think? Do you want to stay in media? Do you want to try your hand at coaching? Well, up until about six months into retirement. Always thought I wanted to be a coach. All I ever imagined doing was just coaching. Like I just, for me, it was the natural progression. Mm. Like I'm not going to completely close the door on it, but it's hard to envisage me doing that because it just what changed. What changed? Like just a shift in attitude, really, and just how like my appreciation for just how difficult it is. Like be stressful as hell as well. It's super stressful. It's incredibly time consuming. It's all consuming. Don't really switch off. It's insecure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like very insecure, isn't it? Yeah, look at look at a guy like let, let's take Nathan Brown for instance. So starts at the Dragons, so his family and what and, it's, and it like for, I'm an all in guy and all coaches are all in, but it's not just you that's all in; it's your family. Mm. Mm. So you, Nathan Brown starts in Wollongong, moves to Huddersfield in England, so across the world, another part of the world, St Helens, moves back to Newcastle, another part of the world, then New Zealand, another part of the world, and it's just like, well, like I can understand why he's just gone now. Had enough of the insecurity, the pressure. Like some people, Public criticism. Yeah, like some people need that high pressure environment and and thrive in it. And I get it. Like part of me is appealed to that, or, or like, sorry, is attracted to that. But then you know, it seems now like within coaching, like it's a competition that who can be there the longest and not necessarily not necessarily the most productive. And that's not knocking the coaches because I get why they do it. I understand why they they got to have the appearance of I'm first in, last out. I'm across. All, I'm always on my. I'm all. I'm not having a break. I have mm. no days off on the on the te- on the, the the roster day off for the for the team. If you come in to get physio, you're gonna see the coach in there. Has this guy not got a life? Like we yeah. can we can all work. From, like they don't. They're only doing video. You could work from home, but it's like no, no I've got to be in there. Be seen. And, I, and look, I, I I understand it, but it's just it, it's not for, for me. It's not. Our, I I don't think it's how I want to spend the next thirty years of my life. And yeah. and that and that struggle to to get off the bottom of the ladder it's it's dependent on so many things that are out of your control really really a lot of it is 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 good fortune no doubt if you 
you know, if you, if you work hard and the word spreads about how good you are as a coach, and 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 that's a lot of the time what happens. But if you're if you get a bit of misfortune or someone else gets a rub of the green, or you know, it's 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 game within the game sometimes, and there's mates involved and mm. the media the media side of pushing certain coaches. Mm. Um, I I just I, I'm there's there's too many too many red flags for me, and I know my personality as well. Like. I don't think my my personality would like while I was You'd coaching. Be find out the ass after. Yeah, the well, not just that, but like just <laughs> yeah, my personality while I'm, while I'm actually coaching would be all right. It's when I when I go home. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. and, and when I'm not there, like trying to switch off. From yeah, yeah. Like, like I was right. never good at switching off anyway, and I think yeah, like I said, I'm not closing the door completely on it. It's probably not a door I'm looking to open either. Yeah, right. So now you do have the podcast to buy around Sam Burgess' first guest. What's the vision for it? Like, has it been as how long has it been like something you've been wanting to do? Who are some guests coming up? What's the what's the go? Yeah, it's been it's been brewing for 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 a while. Um, you know, podcasts are a relatively new thing. I enjoy conversation. Um, I enjoy that there's no time constraint on it. Uh, I wanted to do something independently, so set the agenda and the talking points, so I can get to I, I get. Uh, yeah, I, I I get to choose the fo- the, the the focus. Uh, it, it's been on the on the radar for a while, but I'm I'm an ideas guy. Like I, I've got heaps of ideas, like mm. l- loads of ideas, but I just don't know how to get them started. So sure. I was f- very fortunate um, through through Charlie and Tony, who I, who I know through my work at Triple M. Shout out, both very good boys. I know. Yeah, um, we sort of uh, floating around the idea. Let's let's just do it. So like, yeah, we we. Agreed on the name, all that sort of stuff, and hashed out some ideas and 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 the structure of it. But it, I guess, really, we we don't have like a long term vision. Mm. We're just gonna we're just gonna go with it because, like, we are a startup fundamentally, and this is new to us all. Well, it's certainly new to me. You got to see what the demand. I've got to see what the demand is, and then supply that demand. Like, okay. you know, even like the structure of it. So at the moment, we go recap of the round and the major talking points into an interview well if the demand's the other way around then then that's what we've got to do mm. so it's it's very much a, a learning curve yeah ve- very much a learning curve thank you so much for coming on man this has been awesome we've no, loved it my pleasure i've loved it loved Beautiful. it and thank right. you for having us on and um, doing a bit of promotion for us and all that so the buy around it's on instagram as well buy around podcast yeah. you've got to get more active on instagram dude you got to be promoting that thing yeah well that, that that's up to um to charlie and tony that's yeah, not okay. that's not my bad nah, nice. that's not my cup of tea so um yeah but yeah we, we we put a bit of content out there on instagram and yeah like i say we're looking to grow and yeah we don't really know which direction we're gonna head but excited yeah it's just yeah the possibilities are um, not endless, but you know, there's a lot of options out be. there. It could, it could be. be. Check it out. Go give it a follow. Buy around podcast. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, Kane. All right. Well, there you have it, punters and dribblers. That's episode one of All Talk. Thanks for tuning in. You'll be able to hear the full extended version of our chat with James Graham on the Hello Sport podcast on the SEN app, as well as the full video versions on the SEN app and the Hello Sport YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.